Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Amen. The psalmist said this. He said, who is this king of glory? The Lord, mighty in battle. That means God is able to fight your battle today. Come on, but you got to let him have it. Amen. Somebody say, Lord, I want you to fight my battle. I've been trying to fight a battle I can't win, so I surrender it to you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you turn to two or three people around you and tell them you're in the right place at the right time? Amen. You can be in the right place at the wrong time and not get much. You can be in the wrong place at the right time. But when you're in the presence of Jesus and the word of God goes forth, you're in the right place at the right time. Amen. Can we give the Lord one more time a hand clap of praise? Amen. Amen. We're so honored to have all of our guests here today live in hope. Would you help me right now as we say welcome home to all of our guests and give them a hand clap of appreciation for being here with us today. Amen. Amen. We're going to join together right now. And uh, we, we here at Living Hope, we like God to be involved in every part of our lives. Amen. He's not a Sunday morning God. He's an everyday God. Amen. Amen. We like to worship him and, and put faith in him in everything. And that includes our finances. How many of you can testify that God has been faithful to you in your giving? That God's been faithful in your finances? Amen. We, we say this, but it's not just cliche. We mean it. Amen. That, that you can't outgive God. Amen. I, we invite you to try him. In fact, Jesus said, the word of God said, try me. Prove me and see if I won't pour out a blessing. Amen. That you can't even handle. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God will cause men to give into your bosom. Amen. And so we do something here at Living Hope we call the tither's declaration. Not decoration, declaration. Amen. It's a statement of faith. So that when we speak it on Sunday, then when on Tuesday and Wednesday God blesses, we can point back and say, I know where that blessing came from. It came from the Lord. Amen. So we ask you to join with us. Amen. Upon the authority of God's word, I give and it shall be given back to me. Good measure, pressed down, Shaken together and running over, I am a tither. I bring my tithe to the storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked and the curse is broken. You pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not room enough to receive it. I receive jobs and better jobs, raises, increase and promotions, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, owed money, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, Debts canceled and royalties received. I am blessed to be a blessing. I declare my entire family saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost, in love with Jesus, healthy, strong, and full of life. I call my family walking in the blessing and favor of God in their lives. I am blessed coming in and going out. In Jesus' name, somebody said amen. Amen. Ushers, go ahead if you would. Somebody said, where did you guys get that from? Well, the majority of it we got right out of the Bible. 
We just made some modern application to it. Amen. That's what that is. We're speaking faith right from the Word of God in the way that God wants to bless. Amen. We've got several announcements today. We don't have an announcement video uh, today. You'll just have to pay attention. I'm going to make them audibly to you today. Uh, today is the last day for registration for the hyphen retreat, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. That's uh, Hyphen is 18 to 35, I believe, is the age bracket. Uh, they have a retreat, as noted by the title, Hyphen Retreat. And that's coming up in Imesville. I believe that's in Imesville. Is that correct, Brother Josh? No? It's at a campground. A better one. All right. Better than the one where they go to church camp, which it's not hard to be better than that one. So if you're interested in going to Hyphen Retreat, you can see, Brother Josh, today is your last day to register. Gather, district gather. Uh, that meeting is uh, translated. It's both in English and in Spanish. It takes place this Friday. That one is in Imesville, uh, which is just north of Frederick. I'm sorry, just south of Frederick, uh, north of us quite a ways. Uh, praise in the Square this coming Saturday. Pastor Bell, uh, God's House of Refuge, has put together an event. And uh, several churches in the community are going to be a participating. And uh, it will start at 11 o'clock. I'll be preaching during that 11 o'clock hour. And we invite you to come. And uh, let's, let's get the name of Jesus into our community. Amen. So that will be taking place outdoors at St. Mary's Square. Amen. Next um, Sunday. Everybody say next Sunday. Now, this one's important because I know somebody sitting next to you next, not you, but somebody sitting next to you next Sunday is going to walk in at noon and wonder why the preaching is halfway done. Because we're having a super Sunday schedule next Sunday, all right? For All, uh, all Nations Sunday, I will say this, there's going to be several different uh, special things that we're going to be doing as a part of that service. We're going to be celebrating, first of all, the call of the Scripture to take the gospel to all nations. Amen. Secondly, we're going to be celebrating the different nationalities and cultures that are represented right here at Living Hope. Aren't you thankful that God places in a diverse church, amen, where there's diversity, not only of skin color, but of nationalities? Amen. Amen. I, I, I really, I, I know some places you go, you can't control. Like if your community is all one culture, you can't really control. But I'm just thankful to be in a church that's, that celebrates multiple cultures. I just think it'd be boring to just go with a bunch of people that look like me and talk like me and sound like me. I wanna go with people that don't look anything like me, but we all serve one God together, amen? And, and I'm excited to be a part of a church. As a part of that, big word here, sampling. We're gonna have sampling of different foods. Don't bring Tupperware, all right? There ain't, it ain't gonna be that kind of Sunday. All right, everybody's going to get a sample. That means you get to taste and see. All right, you get to taste and see. Not taste and taste and taste and taste and see. Just taste and see. We're going to have sampling of different foods from different nations. There'll be some songs sung in different languages. Amen. The preacher is going to preach in English. I know him pretty well. It's me. All right, if, if I preach in Spanish, it's going to be the shortest sermon ever preached. Mi gato bebe leche. That's it. That's all I got. Amen. So we're going to enjoy it. Next Sunday is going to be awesome. Service starts 10 to 10.30 is prayer. 10.30 to 11 is coffee and conversation. 11 o'clock is worship. Come at 11 o'clock and let's celebrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. That is being preached throughout the world today. Uh, let's see. October 28th 
end of year party for the grass cutting team. Aren't you thankful? We have a great team of men and women who take care of this campus. Brother Simpkins is over that, that system. And I just want to say thank you. Every Sunday we pull up and the grass is cut. And we don't have little elves or magic, you know, creatures that come out and do that for us. We have good people who come and sacrifice their time. And if you're on the lawn cutting team, the lawn care team, would you stand right now? We want to honor you and thank you for all of your work. I know there's more of you than are standing right now. Brother Simpkins is trying to rouse up some recognition. So even if you didn't stand right now, please show up on October the 28th from 9 until 1, the final, the final grass cutting of the year, followed by a cookout. So don't come late for the cookout. Come early and help with the cut and then stick around for the cookout. Amen? Amen. I feel like there is at least one more thing I was going to share. I want Brother Josh and Sister Jess to come right now. Um, we're glad to have the McLaughlins here. Pastor and Sister McLaughlin and Jenna, we're glad to have them. Amen. They came out for a little ceremony we had here on Friday. A beautiful wedding where their son Blake uh, took, no, welcomed. That took sounds a little harsh. Took her to Texas. It's official now. Claire is a Texonian. Is that how you say it? A, a, a Texan. Thank you. I like to make things more syllables than... Texas Anikian. We'll just make it real converse. She is a Texan now, and we're we're happy for Claire. We'll miss her, but we're happy. But Pastor McLaughlin was gracious enough to stay over. He's going to be preaching for us today, and he is also a doctor. He has his doctorate in leadership and theology, education. We'll just add more to it right now for you. He's got multiple doctorates. I just gave him two honorary doctorates. Uh, he, is, he has a doctorate in education, and uh, he has his latest book that he has written is going to be on sale in the foyer. The title of the book should make everyone buy it. The title is Lead Yourself Well. Amen. How do you want to do that? I want to lead myself well. And so that book is going to be for sale in the foyer today. We're looking forward to Pastor McLaughlin coming here in just a few minutes, and he's going to be preaching. Before he does, we're going to put a, a Debbie Downer on the service for just a moment. Because... Josh and Jess are going to, Marley's not, but Josh and Jess are going to be leaving. Next Sunday is officially their last Sunday as, a, as members of this church. They're always going to be a part of this church. They're always going to be welcome back. If they get down there, which I'm kind of praying a little bit maybe, and uh, it doesn't work out, and they're miserable, and they want to come back home, I want them to know that this is home. Amen. This is, this is still home. Amen. And during their time here, they have served this church faithfully. They've loved our, our young people. They've loved this youth group. Uh, so many testimonies of young people whose lives are uh, doing well today because of the love of this couple and Marley. Well, Marley, we're going to throw you in there and give you some credit. She's clapping her hands. She's excited. I want the young people to come, those of you that want to. We're going to pray, elders, brother, uh, people's brother, Sylvia. Amen. If you, I got the oil right here. But I want this church to stand together. We've got two buckets up here toward the front. Wednesday night, we're going to give a cash offering based upon what comes in here in the bucket. As well as we have Brother and Sister Johnson's Venmo up there. Some of you like to give digitally. 
I don't know about, I don't carry cash much. If you want to give the QR codes that are on the screen right now, all it's going directly to them. It's not even come through our hands. But we're going to pray over this couple. Amen. I know this. I know they're seeking, they want to be in the will of God. And, and believe it or not, the will of God is bigger than Lexington Park. And part of what this church has become good at is releasing people. I hope we don't, I hope we get less good at that, but we, we've become quite good at that, at, at releasing people to find the will of God beyond this location. And I want us to pray over Josh and Jess right now, and Marley, that the Lord would lead them, that he would guide them, that he would bless them, that he would prosper them. Amen, that he's gonna open doors for their ministry. Amen, Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray right now for Josh and Jess. We pray for Marley. We pray for this family. Lord, six years they have faithfully served this church. God, six years they've loved these young people. God, they've loved on the saints of this congregation. Lord, that they've been faithful in their calling. And God, we commend them. And now, Lord, as we release them, Lord, from this local congregation, but Lord, we release them into the greater will of God. And we ask, Lord, that your hand would rest upon them mightily. We pray the anointing that we have witnessed upon them. We've witnessed it, God, as Brother Josh has stood up here and preached the word. And last Sunday, he preached. And four, uh, five people were baptized in Jesus' name, responding to the preached word of God. We recognize the hand of God that is upon him. Lord, Sister Jess, and the anointing that is on her in her singing and worship, Lord. And now, the anointing even upon them as parents. And we pray that, God, you would keep them. Lord, let your hand rest upon them. Bless them so much they can't even handle the blessing that you pour out upon them. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. like doing that, but at the same time, we're excited for them. Brother, Sister Henderson, love you. This is always home, right? Amen. They left four or five years ago, and every time they come back, I'm not proselyting. I'm not trying to take you. I just want you to know it's always home. You're always a part of us. Amen? Amen. Well, why don't you turn to some, oh, again, if you want to come right now, the buckets are up here. If you want to drop a $5 bill in there, if you want to wire five million, amen, whatever. There's no limits. Brother Josh said he feels like I'm in the, he wants me to linger there for a moment. Amen. Whatever you put in these buckets is going directly to them. Amen. We may count it, but that's all. Our hands will just touch it for that purpose, and then it'll go to them, as well as the QR codes that were up there for a moment ago. The Bible says this, that we should give honor to those that's, that, it, that it, it, it's due unto. And uh, Josh and Jess are worthy of honor. They've, they've, they've given Amen. They've given to this church and we love them. Amen. Turn to somebody next to you and tell them we're going to miss them. Come on, we're going to miss them. Amen. We're going to miss Josh and Jess. Amen. We invite the presence of the Lord, the worship team. You guys got a tough job now. You got to pick it back up. All right. I just brought it all the way down. Now we're going to raise it back up so when Brother McLaughlin comes, there's an anointing in this building. Amen. God bless you. Let's worship the Lord together. We want to encourage you all to just lift your hands. And come up to this altar in a sacrifice and a praise to a great God who is greater than anything. 
Our God is higher. Our God is greater. We serve a mighty God, the one and only God. God, we praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. We believe for it from the impossible. 
worship you, Lord. Oh, Lord, my God. When I in awesome wonder consider all other worlds thy hands have made I see the stars I hear the
that one more time. our hands and worship him come on somebody tell him how great he is come on the whole earth was created hallelujah for his glory it was created and we give him honor and we give him praise hallelujah god we thank you that you're still creating you're still making something out of nothing hallelujah god you're still creating life out of chaos yes lord that even right now god you're able to take that life that is wrapped in chaos lord and you're able to separate the light from the darkness, God. You're able to bring hope into hopelessness. And we give you praise and we give you honor for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, can we put our hands together and thank him right now. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 The Lord bless you. Amen. This morning in talking a little bit to the leaders, I asked everybody that was in here for early prayer, if everybody could, could raise it one degree. Amen. If I was going to worship here, I'm going to worship here today. Amen. If I had expectation here, I'm going to raise it up to here today. And I wonder right now, as we prepare for the Word of God to be brought forth, our response to the Word of God. How many of you know the enemy? The last thing, the enemy don't care if you come to church and say, well, that was a nice church, and the pastor was really kind, and they had a lot of good things. The devil don't care about any of that. What he does care about is that the Word of God doesn't get planted in your spirit. And so right now, I want us to lift up praise right now and let God know. God, my heart is prepared right now. The soil of my heart is ready to receive the word. If you don't get anything else out of this service, you need to get the word in your heart. Amen. Amen. Just a couple of last things, and, and Pastor McLaughlin is going to come. I did. We mentioned Wednesday night, but we want to say congratulations to Eric and Carla, our Hispanic, Esperanza Viva pastor, amen, they're expecting, amen, we just found out not long ago that they're expecting, and we're so excited for them, amen, and then we did honor Josh and Jess and Marley, but Wednesday night after service, we're going to have cake, amen, and uh, I know y'all, you know, it's holy cake, we pray all the fat and calories out of it, just like those donuts you had this morning, no calories, Amen. All right, I'm in the pulpit. I can't lie to you. It's, it's not good for you, but we're going to do it anyhow. 
Amen. Would you help me right now as we welcome Pastor McLaughlin. We're so glad to have you. Sister McLaughlin, Jenna, amen. Some of the saints from their church. Can we clap our hands to the Lord Jesus Christ and give him praise? He's such a mighty God. He deserves all honor, distinct honor. A little bit more fervently. Can we do that a little bit more fervently with a little bit more faith? He's a mighty God who does mighty things, and he's in this house today to work on your behalf. While you're standing, if we can, go into the word of the Lord. The book of Mark, chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. And while you are turning to the book of Mark, chapter 5, please allow me to take just a moment and express my sincere gratitude to your pastor, Brother Staten. I appreciate the opportunity to minister. I know I am a pastor. We have been pastoring in, in Euless, which is in Dallas-Fort Worth, for almost 30 years now. And I know how protective I am over that pulpit. And, and I know there's so much in common between Brother Staten and I. And in fact, one of the things that I highly admire and, and honor about your pastor is his love for doctrine and his love for the Word of God. And so I know that this is a protected pulpit. And, and he said right before I stepped up here, he said, take your liberty to preach. Um, and so to even allow me into this pulpit, I give distinct honor to your man of God that is the watchman on the wall for your soul. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Staten. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for your friendship. And allow me to please acknowledge uh, a family. Uh, in fact, when you were just a moment ago, when Josh and, and Jess came up here and Marley, um, it made me think about the Madero's family because about, I don't know how many months ago it was that they had to leave Euless. And um, we, we won them to the Lord, the apostolic faith. And <clears throat> just poured into them, loved them deeply. And, and then, then the call came from his supervisor in the military that he was going to be stationed um, in North Carolina. And, man, we thought we had prayed that thing gone. And it, it was like the Lord shut it down. And then, and then all of a sudden something twisted. And at the last minute it was like, no, we're going to have to go. And, and a part of our heart, a part of our heart left. And, and we loved them very, very much. And so they came. They, they drove here to celebrate Blake and Claire. And then, I mean, my Lord, they stayed on Sunday to just be with us in the house of God. I love this family so much, and I give them honor. I love them very, very much. So very thankful for them. And then, of course, to give honor to two of the most beautiful women in the world. My wife. Yeah, you can go ahead and look over there, man. Uh-huh. My wife and my daughter. That's mine. That's mine. <laughs> that was good, bro. That was good. When I said that, he's like, where? I want to see these two women. <laughs> what an honor to be in God's house. Celebrate my son and Claire. So very thankful for them. And then also the Sylvia family. 
We love you guys very, very much. Give you honor. Thank you for trusting my son. Thank you for trusting my son. I want to read to you today from the book of Mark, chapter 5, and my preaching, my preaching will be a pastor's heart in an evangelistic way. A pastor's heart in an evangelistic way. I pray that it will be. About two weeks ago, as I was praying for this service, I felt strong direction from the Lord, and, and then it just started to grow. And I did not know. So, just forewarning, I did not know that you guys were in a season of teaching on spiritual opposition. Like, I had no idea. But when Brother Henderson got up here and started teaching, I, was, I, I showed my wife and, and I showed my daughter the title of my sermon. And, I, and I'm like, I had no idea that they've been dealing with spiritual opposition. And, and so I just want to just piggyback on the absolutely incredible teaching that you did today. Phenomenal teaching that you did today. And, uh, and I want to pick up right where he uh, left off. Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadareans. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him a man out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, no not even with chains, because they had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice, and he said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he said, uh, And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of where? Out of where? The country. If you're going to make me leave the man, don't make me leave the jurisdiction. If I have to leave this one, don't make me leave that one. If I have to leave that one, just let me stay in the same zip code. If I have to leave that one, let me have a sibling. If I can't have the sibling, let me have someone as a best friend in their life. But don't make us leave the whole church. Give us a stronghold somewhere in the jurisdiction. And I want to preach to you today. I want to talk to you today from this subject, lingering spirits and soul ties lingering spirits I'm talking about spirits that were attached to your great grandfather that when he passed from this life hung around the family system and said to Jesus don't make us leave this family 
And some of you today have walked into this house dealing with some generational spirits that are trying to tell you, we'll never leave your marriage. We'll never leave your family. We'll never leave your jurisdiction. I'm here to tell you Jesus has arrived in this house. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Somebody needs to come to church today. Somebody needs to come to the house of God today. And God is going to give you spiritual authority over what your great great You don't even know some of the spirits you're dealing with right now. Because they've been in your family system for so long. And you normalize what should be cast out. Can somebody put your hands together today? It's time, it's time to deal with spiritual opposition. It's time to go to war today. And we're going to win. We're going to win. God, I feel like he's going to break some generational curses and he's going to break some shackles and he's going to break some soul ties. You feel that right now. I know you do. I know you do. I want us to pray together. I want us to pray together because as I'm preaching, it's going to run deep into your spirit. It's going to conjure up some memories. It's going to conjure up some, some memories that are spirits are attached to the memories. Things that you have suppressed, things that you have put on the shelf and you shut the door and you locked it, but those spirits are lingering. And because those spirits are lingering, your church and the spirit of the church will get to a certain point and then it's like there's an attrition rate and we'll bounce back. And then we'll hit a high and then we'll come back. And then we'll hit a high, and then we'll come back. And then we'll hit a high, and we'll, it's, well, how do you know that? Because I'm a pastor, and the same thing is happening at Calvary Pentecostal Church. And we need the saints of God. Your pastor can preach it. But until the pulpit and the pew get in rhythm. Come on. We don't need an out-of-balance pulpit and pew. We need an in rhythm. We need a spiritual rhythm in the church that breaks generational curses and shackles that you should never tie your soul to. Can I get a witness in this house right now? Some of you, you're going to have to fight the battle for your mom that's not even here, that should be here. Some of you are going to have to go to spiritual war right now, today, and defeat what your grandfather never defeated, and it's still in the family system. But you're going to untie your soul from that. It's happen. It's going to happen. My prayer today is that in my teaching slash preaching, I'll provide some understanding for you. And based upon, hopefully, either A, the newfound understanding, or B, what you just suppressed in the subconscious, it's enlisted and it comes forth, and you go, that's what it's been. That's what I've been dealing with this whole time. Either way, no more denial, no more avoiding it, no more running. No more downplaying. It's time to handle it today for your future. Not just for you, but for your kids. And one day for your grandkids. Can I get a witness in this house? I feel victory here. I feel like this church is about to go to another dimension. That's why you've been going through spiritual opposition. But the Holy Ghost is going to step in. And Jesus is going to land in Gadara, your personal Gadara. And the devil is not going to win. I said, the devil is a liar. You bought into the lie, but no more. He's going to dispel that lie that you'll never have revival. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That next building will be built in the name of Jesus. The money will come in in the name of Jesus.
in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Would you help me pray before you're seated? Would you help me? Would you lift your voice? Would you lift your voice? I want you to intercede. I want you to let the Holy Ghost anoint you to pray right now and intercede to break the soul ties, to set this church free so that we can go where we need to go in the Holy Ghost. You feel it. You know where you're going in the Holy Ghost. Let's go ahead and take authority. This is our jurisdiction, not lingering spirits jurisdiction. This is your church, not the devil's church. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Thank you for your prayers. I recognize where we are in the Holy Ghost and I recognize that if I led and pushed just a little bit of everything that I'm feeling on the inside of my spirit, we could break this thing open and start praying at an altar right now. I wanna try to, to impart some understanding. So thank you so much for your prayers. You may be seated. I've asked the Lord some questions recently as a pastor, in fact, I, I, read, I read something from Tom and, and Sam Rayner. Uh, there's a little subscription. It's called Church Answers. And this is denominational and said that right now what pastors are dealing with is what they're calling um, the whiplash syndrome. And the whiplash said since COVID forward, and, and that's worthy of study and research, that in and of itself, um, but since COVID forward, there's no longer just the little jolt of pastoral leadership. And there's not just the little jolt of church life. Now it's whiplash. Now there are such high highs and such low lows that it's literally causing a whiplash in the ministry. It's, oh, what just hit me? And then you have a victory report, and so you get on this high. And then right before you can truly celebrate the victory, all of a the sudden there is another major blow that occurs. And as I was reading through this brief article, I thought to myself, well, I, I am a proponent, and I believe strongly in systems theory, and not just in a family system, but in a church system also. And so what it led me to believe, and what I would say is, it's not just pastoral whiplash, because oftentimes in such a close relationship that we have with one another, when you go through a whiplash, there is just a reaction, and so it touches the man of God. And then as it hits the man of God, you see it on his countenance, you perhaps hear it in his teaching. I've had people, we, we've been going through a little bit of whiplash in our church right now, and, and my teaching has changed. The way that I approach things has changed a little bit just because of when you get hit that hard, um, you can't help but change your disposition in the way that you approach things. And so the church has seen it, and so they'll say, hey, pastor, we're really praying for you. Hey, you and your wife need to get away. I said, absolutely, man. If you want to write that check right now, we'll leave for a month and come back. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, 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 no. It's like the brother said today, when that opposition hits, you need to stay still. 
hill. When that opposition hits, you, you want to run from it, but you don't need to run from it. You need to park yourself right there and say, okay, all right, let's go. Let's get after it. But, but you need to know that the church is with you. And so I recognize that it's not just pastoral um, in, in itself, but it's a system. It's a church system. And so we all go through this whiplash together. And so this whiplash has caused me to ask some questions. Can dark demonic spirits linger in a person's life? Can dark demonic spirits linger in a person's life even after they get the Holy Ghost and they're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Will the spirits automatically leave or can they linger? Is the person, if they can, is the person contagious? And can the spirits transfer to family members and friends? Can people pick up spirits from environments that they have been in and then transport them or bring them into new environments? Can the carriers of these spirits take on the identity of the spirits so closely that they, the carriers, are even unaware of being a carrier. And they camouflage the lingering spirits. Can lingering spirits use human beings as camouflage and hide behind tongue-talking and hide behind running the aisles and hide behind shouting? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you know the hell is using you as a camouflage to not leave the jurisdiction of living hope, you need to take the camouflage off. You need to identify that family spirit. You need to identify that friend spirit. You need to identify hell's trying to use you as a carrier of spirits, lingering spirits, and say, not anymore. I recognize what you've been trying to do. Gossip has been coming out of my mouth. Slander has been coming out of my mouth. Division has been coming out of my mouth And I realize that's not the anointing of God That's the anointing of Satan And I don't want to be anointed by the devil I want to be anointed by God And I refuse to allow anything to come out of me That is unlike Jesus Christ Can we clap our hands to the Lord and give him praise Hallelujah If this can happen And this is so And I believe that it is what is the biblical response from those who are spiritually healthy so that the spread of these spirits do not occur? So that the spread of these spirits do not happen in the family and then in the church because there's an overlapping. There is the family system, but then that family system then joins a church and so there's this overlapping. And so really it's not the issue with the church first, it's the issue with mine and your family first. And, and so families carry these spirits and then they go from one environment to another environment and the family system can bring it into the church system. Gadara was an environment where lingering spirits from generations back would attach to new generations. And if the new generation did not defeat the old ancient lingering spirits, humans would be the puppets on a string acting out the satanic script handed to them. The location of where this man lived was ironically described uh, the man's inner life, Gadara. Gadara was a location, but Gadara was also a spiritual prison house. Gadara was a forest area with peaks and valleys along with areas of dense woods. And if you got to Gadara, there were many, many confusing paths in Gadara. 
According to Hitchcock's Dictionary of Names, Gadarene means a place surrounded or a place that's walled. In other words, what's inside has been surrounded by walls and once inside, very hard to get out of the walls. This was Gadara. If one looked upward at the cliffs, the eerie sight of the ghostly tombs shockingly stand out. Some of the tombs are said to be 20 feet square with recesses in the sides of the tombs where dead bodies were thrown. So literally, when one would die, they would go into the caverns and, and the caves and, and they would throw the dead bodies. And there were little ravines inside the caves and in those little ravines, those little pockets and spaces, there were literally dead bodies or corpses there in the caves. This was the prison of the man that we just read about. And Satan wants it to be my prison and Satan wants it to be your present prison. You know what I'm talking about. All of those that have walked away, all of those lingering spirits where when you're trying to break through in the Holy Ghost, you've got to step over that dead issue and you've got to step over that dead issue and you've got to get, and all of a sudden all these spirits are layered and bodied up and, and you say, I don't even know how I'm going to get beyond this to have a move of the Holy Ghost. You just got to make up your mind that Jesus is greater than the dead issues. You got to make up your mind to want him more than you're going to allow them to prevent you from getting through to Jesus Christ. You got to make up your mind that the church is not so divided that some are lingering with dead spirits while others are breaking through in the Holy Ghost. We need from front to back, side to side, breaking through in the Holy Ghost. I know I told you the last time I was here, but my mom is an alcoholic. Bob abused my mom and beat my mom three to four times a week where blood was all over the floor. When I got the Holy Ghost, I had some dead issues to jump over, but I made up my mind, I'm not going to be like Bob. I'm not going to be like my dad. I'm not going to be like my mom. I'm going to be like Jesus Christ. I'm not going to let the lingering spirits in my family system choke me down. I'm not going to do to my wife what I saw Bob do to my mom. Can I get some help in this house right now? Would somebody come to church? You got to make up your mind church is more than just a Sunday check the box. You got to make up your mind church is 24-7. Church is on Monday. Church is on Tuesday. Church is, on, church is when I'm on vacation. Churches when I get promoted to another place, I'm not going to change my conviction and I'm not going to change my commitment. It's lingering spirits that once you start talking to them, once you start chatting with them, once you start watching them and observing them in physical conversation, or digital conversation. Somewhere those lingering spirits then almost invisibly take a long rope with plenty of slack and let that hook get in the jaw and give you plenty of slack to just wear you down, wear you down, wear you down. But there's a soul tie. You tie somewhere to someone of the past. It's lingering spirits and soul ties that go hand in hand. Soul ties are unhealthy connections with people or spirits that interfere with our walk with God. And so it causes one to curiously wonder, did that man in the tomb of Gadara get confused? 
Did he get confused about his identity as a man and tie his soul to the lie of transgenderism and gender fluidity where he becomes they? Did violence and abuse repeatedly occur in his family, convincing him that because of the pain and abuse that he suffered as a child, he was damaged goods? And he tied his soul to a false identity of being inferior and never quite good enough. I'm preaching to somebody right now that you were abused as a child. You know what I'm talking about right now. And while you wouldn't say it verbally out of your mouth, there is that fatal confidence and there is that lying voice in your head that said, you're damaged goods. Because of the abuse and the pain that you went through, you'll never quite match up. You'll never quite get there. You'll never quite be that good. Can I tell you right now, you're looking at a preacher who hasn't always been a preacher. And I was at the place of suicide. I was damaged goods. I had been abused. I had been uh, addicted to drugs uh, but somewhere Jesus came into my life and he untied me and cut me loose from every lingering spirit and said that's not your identity Carl McLaughlin I've called you to be a preacher I've called you to be a pastor and you've got to untie yourself and cut yourself loose from that old ancient spirit that wants to bind you to the place of Gadara come on you got to get out of Gadara today you got to make up your mind I'm not living in the cave of yesterday Yesterday. I'm not going to tie myself to those lingering, perverted, unclean spirits. Can somebody give him praise in this house right now? Yes. Soul ties. Did he ever feel called into the ministry? But his failures pushed him into isolation. Feeling that he could never get out and he tied his soul to the voice of his failures. A failure, a failure, a failure. I'll never quite be able to do it. Was there a secret? Was there a painful memory that trapped him to the point of feeling hopeless? And he tied himself to the darkness of the pain. A soul tie, what is it? What is it, Brother McLaughlin? A soul tie starts with a conversation. And if the conversation is not interrupted and stopped, it grows into an unholy covenant that feels unbreakable. Somewhere the conversation changes. And it is more than a casual conversation. It becomes a covenant. I promise to never leave you if you promise to never leave me. And then when the pastor gets in the pulpit and begins to preach about holiness, somewhere you made a promise with perversion. Somewhere you made a promise because you feel like it's a Messiah in your life. You set it up as an idol in your life. And it's the only way that you can really get out of your pain. And then you hit the bottom and you feel guilty and full of shame. You're embarrassed at what you've done. And you repent, but you never untie yourself from the soul tie. And so then you jump right back into it. Because you made a covenant with that spirit. You need to break that covenant right now. You need to come out of that place. That spirit doesn't just want you. That spirit doesn't 
just want your marriage. That spirit doesn't just want your children. That spirit wants your grandchildren. And that spirit wants to linger in your family system. It wants jurisdiction and it wants to remain in the environment so that when you and I are long gone, it's still in the family. Woo! Can I tell you right now, the blood of Jesus Christ is more powerful than any bloodline that you come from. And we need to go ahead and break the bloodline of your family life. And we need to get to the blood of Jesus who has redeeming power to heal your past, to set you free, to untie you from everything you have made a covenant with. Somebody come out right now. Somebody break free right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, some of you that made a covenant with that lying spirit, uh, break that covenant right now. Come out of that lie right now. A soul tie is formed when a teen gives away their virginity and they become more loyal to the memory and they become more loyal to the one that they gave up their purity with because there was a deep feeling of emotion there and much like a hot iron left too long on a shirt the chemicals in the body burn an impression in the mind and you feel like the impression that was made during the time of surrender of your virginity you, there was an impression made that's why you're hung up on somebody that's long gone but you still have those lingering spirits because of the experience uh, and the impression made when you gave yourself away can I tell you right now that if you're ever going to be healed uh, it takes something more powerful than that moment and what is more powerful is the power of the Holy Ghost the power of the Holy Ghost comes from on high. And there is a vertical crashing in on all horizontal or chronological life so that chronologically the devil does not know what to do with you anymore because something came from heaven to earth and set your earthly experience free. It's these soul ties. These soul ties. The soul tie is made when men and women commit emotional and spiritual adultery that then leads to physical adultery. And they know they're playing around with the wrong thing when it's just an emotional issue. And it's like, it's like, it's like a wife has said, you know, if all it was was a physical thing, that would be okay. But I know my husband gave himself away emotionally to her before he did physically to her. And to a woman who is emotionally connected to the family system, the emotional side of it is just as bad as the physical side of it. So I hear and understand. Are you listening to me? Are you here? Come on, men. I need some men of God in this house. Not just, not just boys who's half boy and half man. We need some men of God in this house. We don't need men that are 40 years old still playing video games at home while your wife is at work. We need you to get up in the morning and go to work. We need you to be a man of God that breaks the soul ties. I know your daddy may have done it and your granddaddy may have done it, but that doesn't give you reason to do it. you got to break the soul tie. you got to make up your mind to put the childish things away. you got to make up your mind to become a man and say, baby, 
Daddy, don't you worry. I'll work two jobs if I have to work two jobs, but I'm breaking the curse of my past. Can we clap our hands to the Lord and give him praise? And then it leads to physical adultery. And they tie themselves, soul ties. They tie themselves to another person who is not their spouse. So they're living with their spouse, but they're tied to the other person. Lingering spirits and soul ties that will lock a church up. Lock a church up. A soul tied, soul ties made when something bad happened. And a promise is made to keep silent about it. I'll never tell anybody. And you're manipulated by the one who committed the offense. But you better never tell anyone. And a soul tie is made. A soul tie is made. A soul tie is when you take on the identity of the wound. You take on the identity of the hurt. You take on the identity of the injury. You take on the identity of the offense. Rather than taking on the identity of Jesus Christ. And may I submit, humbly submit to this church. And you already know this. But sometimes the power of a soul tie is so strong that we forget. The identity in Jesus Christ is greater than the wound. It's greater than the hurt. It's greater than the offense. It's greater than the injustice. And you cannot hold on to that and allow that to become an idol in your life. Somewhere you got to crush the idol. Somewhere you got to crush the false gods. Somewhere you got to cast them down to your feet. Somewhere you got to walk back into a deeper relationship relationship and identity with Jesus Christ. Amen. You're not in an identity crisis. You got to come out of that soul tie and retie yourself to Jesus Christ. Somebody give him praise in this house. I'm telling you, God is going to go back generations in this service today and heal wound after wound after wound after wound after wound. If you will untie yourself He'll do what only he can do if you'll do what only you can do. He wants you to do something. Yes, he does. A soul tie is a deeply embedded spiritual and emotional bond that becomes an identity. Negative scripts are written. And you know, if there's a script that's written, then all scripts need actors. And all scripts need players. And the past writes a script. Hell writes a script. And then looks for somebody in the church to hand the script to and say, Here, will you be the actor? Will you be the actress? Will you be the one to act this out? And all of a sudden people start behaving in uncharacteristic ways. And the pastor and the people of the church says, why are they behaving? We've never seen them behave this way. Somewhere they let a negative script get in their thinking. And they tied their soul to that negative script. And they started behaving in ways that you and I thought they would never, ever, ever, ever behave. And it's literally blowing our mind and we all get whiplash over it. you got to make up your mind. You're not going to tie your soul to that person. And it starts pulling you down. And then we've got a little nuclear in the church that just kind of dragging their chin on the ground all the time. We cannot tie our soul to somebody else's wound. We've got to help them untie their soul and tie them to Jesus Christ. The soul tie. 
soul tie. It's lingering spirits. You think those spirits like hearing my preaching right now? Huh? You think those spirits are just, just kicking back in the easy chair saying, yeah, let that preacher preach. Mm-mm. You know what those spirits are doing right now? Talking, wondering if you're really listening. Wondering if you're really paying attention to the man of God. Talking. Are you really going to untie your soul today? Are you really going to untie your soul today? If I had a rope, if I had a long rope, I would take it. If I, was, if I were the lingering spirit, if I were those spirits, I didn't want to leave the jurisdiction. I didn't want to leave your family system. I would tie it around myself. I would tie it around your waist. And I would just give you enough slack to think that you come to church on Sunday. Let you talk in tongues. Yeah, go ahead and think you're free. Go ahead and think you're free, but I'm going to let some stress hit your life. I'm going to let some pain hit your life. I'm going to let some issues hit your life. And then I'm going to take that rope and I'm going to jerk it so hard and you're going to fall straight back into those old negative patterns because you're the actor and I've written out the script and you're going to play my script. I'll never play your script. But then I would have a pastor, a man of God, to take a knife just like the sharp two-edged sword like the word of God and get in between me, the lingering spirit, and you and cut that thing loose and the man of God would take it and say all I've been trying to do with you is tie you to Jesus and have Jesus in this place to where then you're tied to the master you are untied and cut loose from those lingering spirits but not you're not neutral you have been tied to the power of God that breaks all generational curses you talk about freedom you talk about revival May I ask you a question? If that was you and you got cut loose, would you just go? Have you taken up such identity with it you don't know what to do if it's not there? Have you had conversation with it more than you've had conversation with God and you don't even know what to do when you're free? Do you realize you're not in Gadara right now? You're in Living Hope Church. You're not in that environment right now. You are in an environment of freedom. You are in an environment of healing. You are in a place of hope. You are in a place of being set free. Why don't you act like you're set free? Why don't you act like you've been untied and loosed in this house? You with me? A soul tie is also known as a trauma bond. Trauma bond. Remember this, please. What's left unattended in adolescence will be acted out in adulthood. What you left unattended in your teenage years will be acted out when you get married. Your husband and your wife say, man, you're acting like a 12-year-old. And it may be true because we left it unattended because it was too painful to deal with. It was much easier to go into denial and avoidance than to really deal with the pain. And so we're teenagers in men's bodies because what's left unattended in adolescence will always be acted out in adulthood. It's a trauma bond. A wound attachment is formed 
and a bond is made. A trauma bond, what is it, McLaughlin? A trauma bond consists of a victim and a messiah. A trauma bond occurs in situations where there is intense fear, where there's chronic anxiety. You can't go to sleep at night and you can't get rid of your anxiety. You wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night because somewhere there was a soul tie and somewhere there was a trauma bond and you believe that humanity is the Messiah and somebody's got to rescue you. And when they hurt you and when they wound you and when they fail you, you feel like it's their fault and you go into manipulative games. You play mind games with people and you start manipulating them. Perhaps not because you even want to manipulate, but because that was the pattern, the predictive pattern throughout all of the generations and that's what you heard growing up and your mama did that and your grandmama did that and, and then so that's the only language that you learned and so now you have bonded with a man or man or with a woman and you expect them to be Messiah in your life and they are not Messiah and you got to understand that the victim and the Messiah bond becomes a soul tie that is formed in this relationship two wounded people act out in adulthood what should have been healed in adolescence you cannot change them you are not called to change them and you've got to break that bond with the past and cut your soul free your past present and fear of the future cries out how in the world do I do this I'm going to tell you how to do it when he saw Jesus from afar off he ran and he worshiped him he said I've got to get out of this past I've got to get out of this pain and I'm not going to stay still I gotta run I've gotta run I've gotta do whatever I've gotta do to get to him but he is greater than what I've been through and I will not let my past prevent me from being set free can somebody begin to worship him in spirit and I'm talking about worshiping him out of the soul tie and worshiping him out of the trauma bond Listen, whatever inner pain that was causing that man, grown man, to cut his body, cut his body, whether it's cutting to release the blood that then causes the chemicals in the body to be released, just like cocaine does, same thing, just like drugs do. Well, that's the kids today, why are you cutting? Back in the 80s and 90s, we were just smoking dope, man. We were getting high. We were snorting a line. We're just rocking it up, smoking it. You know why? It was releasing the hormones in our body because we didn't want to deal with the pain. They're not rocking it up. They're just cutting their flesh open. And when that blood comes forth, it releases the same chemicals, the hormones in the body to, to, to numb them. Are we living in a numbed culture? Are we dealing with such mental health issues from pandemic forward that Jesus isn't enough for us anymore? Or do we need to argue back against that spirit of the world and say, no, he's not just enough. He's more than enough. He's not just enough. I'm not barely getting by. He's more than enough. I'm just preaching to you right now. He's more than enough. If he could handle 6,000 soul ties on one man's life, I'm telling you right now, he can handle 6,000 abusive issues in your life and set you free. Can somebody clap your hands and give him praise right now? Hallelujah. 
it wasn't just worship. It wasn't just Sunday Pentecostal worship. It wasn't if you play the right song, I'm going to worship. It was desperation worship. It was strategic worship. Legion was inside the man. Listen to me. Just imagine for a minute. The man, the Bible said that the man saw Jesus from afar, ran and worshipped him. But the spirits inside of the man said, Jesus, you've come to torment us. Don't torment us. The desire for deliverance and spiritual resistance were cohabiting inside of that one body. The human was saying, let me go. 6,000 minimum, 6,000 devils in him were saying, you're not going anywhere. The man was saying, let me go, there's Jesus. 6,000 devils were saying, if Jesus gets us, we're going to go into a place of torment. Have you come to torment? They already know their future. You need to make up your mind what your future is going to be. Are you going to be tormented in hell with them? Are you going to be in everlasting life with the King of kings and the Lord of lords? So I just need to ask somebody a question right now. Whatever lingering spirits you're dealing with right now in your body, your body's saying he's in this house and all I want to do is worship him. And that spiritual opposition, that spiritual resistance, Sanballat and Tobiah. Tobiah wasn't even supposed to be in the temple. He was supposed to be killed, but what they left alive. See, what's unattended in adolescence is acted out in adulthood. Tobiah should have been killed when they were teenagers. But when they became grown men, they made a little closet for Tobiah. He went into the temple and he started ripping things out of the church. And then he says, you're not going to build the wall. That was spiritual opposition. But the hand of God was on them. And the hand of God says, go ahead and do what you're going to do right now, Tobiah. There are more that are on our side than those who are against us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. And if God be for us, I said if God be for the church, if God be for the pastor, if God be before the music department, if God is on the side of the youth group, if God is on the side of the church, then who can be against us? Woo! It's time for the church to be loosed into the revival that God has for living hope. Untie your soul from that lie that says it will not happen. I'm telling you, it is happening right now. Yes. Please stand with me. Stand with me. Come help me. Here's the wound. Here's the wound. And you got Gadara. You got you got corpses. If you walked up, if you walked up and you looked in to the 20-foot opening places, there would be recesses, dead bodies everywhere. You got one who's alive but almost about to die. Cutting, chains hanging off of him, mentally deranged. Living in the tombs, lingering spirits. It's about as far as father and grandfather would ever go, so you just kind of put a ceiling on it. You heard me say it. If you were here at the wedding, you heard me say it. A promised God. I was a teenager. I didn't know anything about Pentecost. I didn't know anything about any of this stuff. Nothing. I was a dopehead. I was doing drugs. I was high out of my mind one day. I remember coming down off of it all, feeling so low. And you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I hit so low. I was so lonely. I was ready to kill myself. And I said, God, I said, God, 
if you'll ever give me an opportunity to have children. Because, because somehow it always swung back around that, man, my dad walked out on me when I was four years old. Somehow it always swung back to something that was left unattended in my life. When I got in the church and I knew I was going to marry a preacher's daughter, I said, oh, God, there's all kinds of monsters inside this boy right here. And what happens if there's something in there that I didn't get rid of and then there's enough stress in our marriage that it elicits that thing out. All I saw was abuse. That was the language that I knew when stress levels went up. You get stressed, you abuse. You say you're sorry or you act like it never happened and you keep going with life and you just add another layer to it. To where then you're so angry you don't trust anybody and you want to hurt everybody. Soul ties. Soul ties. Here's the wound. He's in Gadara. But notice what walks into the world of the wound. The word. Jesus the word. How did he deal with this? He typed in his GPS. Gadara. And you know what he did? He sailed through a storm to get to one man. Can I just tell somebody he's not afraid of your storm. He knows what you're going through and he's willing to deal with the violence of the wind. He's willing to deal with the with the, tor the torrent of the storm. He's willing to deal with the waves. He's willing to deal with misdirection. He's willing to go through the storm to get to one person in this place today. We need the whole church to pray through in the Holy Ghost if we haven't prayed through in the Holy Ghost. But he's not afraid of your storm. He didn't avoid it. He didn't deny it. He didn't run from it. He wasn't afraid of it. He said, I'm going to cut right through the waves and I'm going to cut right through the wind. I'm going to go right through their storm so that when I arrive in Gadara, they know if the storm can't stop me, the devil's not going to stop me either. I'm here to set you free and I'm here to heal you. I'm here to put you back in your right mind. I'm here to put some clothes on your body. I'm here to dress you right. I'm here to cover you up. Every pain, every scar, all of the false labels and the negative screams. I'm going to cover you up and clothe you so that when they look at you, they see someone brand new walking in your shoes. My, 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 my. So they didn't, even, they didn't even wait for Jesus to give the altar call. When he saw him from afar, when the wound heard the word from afar. The wound said, if I can ever get the word in my wound, my wound is going to become my witness. And I'm not going to stay a wounded victim. Here comes the word. There's the wound. Here comes the word. There's the wound. Here comes the word. There's the wound. What happened with the wound? The wound began to worship. When the wound starts worshiping their way out of the wound, out of the past, the word will transform, give you a right mind, and say, no, you're not going with me. You need to go back 
to where you were. I know you want to go somewhere else. I know you want to run. I know you want to get away, but I need you to park yourself right where you are because I'm going to bring revival into capitalists. I'm going to bring revival to where you that place they thought they were going to kill you. It's not going to kill you. It is going to elevate you into the next dimension of revival. I'm going to close. And I'm going to close with, with maybe two or three two or three places. If you've been tied to something of your past and the Holy Ghost has spoken to you today and you realize, God, that's what's been controlling me. I want to cut myself free today. I'm going to worship my way out of my wound. I want you to come to this little area right here. If you know that it's been in your family system and you know it's been in your zip code, and it's been in your jurisdiction. You need to get right here. You need to get right here. God is going to heal you. It's not going to be a temporary healing. It's not going to be a surface healing. God is going to run deep into your spirit. And he's going to go back to things and people that you tied your soul to. You didn't even know you tied your soul to. He's going to untie you. If he could handle 6,000, he can handle every issue that you're going through. And I'm telling you right now, he's going to do it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Please keep coming. Please keep coming. Please keep coming to this altar. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. With hands high in the air. With hands high in the air. Calling out to the name of Jesus Christ. God is going to untie you in the name of Jesus by the blood of Jesus Christ every wound every offense every injustice every lie that you tied your soul to is being broken today in the name of Jesus the negative spirits and emotions will not have power through the memory. In the name of Jesus. That's it, church. Worship Him. Worship Him. Worship Him. God, I'm asking you to send healing into this house. God, I'm asking you to send divine healing in this house. In the name of Jesus. I plead your blood right now, Lord. I plead your blood right now, Lord.
that's in all over this house, would you begin to pray? And if God has ever healed you of a wound and you've overcome, find somebody to pray with right now. Find somebody to pray with right now. Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. You're going to run into that stronghold, and then the Holy Ghost is going to anoint you to pray further. Pray beyond the pain. Pray beyond the woundedness. Into your healing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
if you would lift your hands high. And as you begin to worship, you worship your way out of the wound. You worship your way into divine healing. That doesn't mean the memory won't be there, but the pain behind the memory will be gone. That's the healing that the Lord is doing. In the name of Jesus. for years and today God is setting you free you are being loosed from every negative script in the name of Jesus God heal family systems God, I'm asking you to heal whole families in this place today. That's it. Pull your family close. If your family's here, pull them close. Pull them close. 
and let God heal the entire family. Things that have been unattended, tend to them. Take care of them right now and let healing flow. He called on us He told him, oh, gosh, ya taba, sa taba, ya no. He told him, oh, gosh, ya taba, sa taba, ya no. He loved him, oh, sa no.
God's doing a work in whole families. God is starting a powerful work that's needed to happen for quite some time. It's okay to look around and see what the Lord is doing in entire family systems right now. Critical to the future of this church is what the Lord does in the family system. Because there can be one individual in a family that takes off spiritually, but if you got five people hanging back, it prevents the system from going forward and therefore would prevent the church from going to the place that it needs to go to. When God touches the system of the family and everybody goes at the same time, the church advances. Stress levels decrease. The anointing of God hits the accelerator and this church moves to the destination and the place that the Holy Ghost has already appointed. It's not more of a move of God that we're after. It's the move of men and, men and women that we're after. God's already moving. We need men and women to move with the move of God. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. 
Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.